Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the What's New Now podcast. I'm Eden from X1239 Overnights, and I'm going to be for real. I'm feeling absolutely drunk with power right now because it is finally my turn to talk about my five most played records of all time. Um, so it was a very daunting task to try to narrow this down to five, but ultimately, you know, you just got to inspect the wear and tear on all your LPs and that will reveal the answers to you. Um, however, there was a bracket involved. I won't lie. I got way too into this. At one point I was laying down on the floor, but we have finally narrowed it down to those five. I know I'm going to talk a lot, so we're just going to get right into it. My first choice is a uh, pretty obvious, but for me, it was like a non-negotiable. Like I had many a draft of this list, but this one had to stay on every single draft. It's the Strokes debut record, Is This It? Released in 2001, this is probably the record that I have spent the most time with in my entire life. Um, it's a record that I know front to back, back to front, but every time I listen to it, I am still just like profoundly impressed with it. Um, I hate to call it a classic, but at this point it is 22, almost 23 years old. And I think it's a record that absolutely changed rock and roll for the better. So before I get way too obnoxious and into this, I want to make a disclaimer. I am not about to hate on 90s rock, okay? Clearly, if I work for X1039, I have a deep reverence for that. However, I am going to suggest that perhaps by the late 90s, early 2000s, grunge was a little bit past its prime, right? Like it was just lingering around. It was getting a little watered down. I also think that Britpop was like actively fading. Please don't send me death threats. But like, I think there was a big hole to be filled. And I think the Strokes absolutely did that. I think the timing of this record was is what made it so crucial. Um, after Britpop was starting to fade out a little bit, I think it only natural that we steal another element from the 60s. And honestly, I am just a big fan of garage rock. So when the Strokes slash the White Stripes, whoever you think revived it, brought it back, it's one of my favorite things in the world. So Is This It is a record that to this day captures my full attention 100% of the time. Like each song brings this crazy unique energy to it that is somehow even better than the last song. When I start this record, I'm like, oh, that's my favorite track. And then the next song starts, and I'm like, nope, it's that one. And then the third one starts, and I'm like, okay, what's going on, man? My favorite thing about this record, however, is that it's like a little rowdy, you know? Um, it makes me want to speed when I'm driving. It makes me want to talk some trash to the older generations. It makes me want to not contribute monthly to my Roth IRA, you know? Like, I think it's this perfect encapsulation of the spirit of youth. Ultimately, my thought on the Strokes are that they may not have been the rock band we wanted because essentially they were all just New York City Nepo babes, but I do think they were the rock band we needed. Um, also, just, you know, mentally prepare yourself. There's a lot of garage rock on this list. Okay, my second most played record in my record collection has got to be Jonathan Richmond's 1992 release of I, Jonathan. This record for me is always just such a treat. So before Jonathan Richmond released any solo stuff, he was the frontman of The Modern Lovers, which if you know and appreciate 
just be warned that his solo stuff is um like way less snotty. <laughs> I honestly do think that the Modern Lovers was Jonathan Richmond's villain era. Sorry to sound horrifically Gen Z for a moment there, but this record, I Jonathan, is the epitome of wholesome. Now you have to go into this record with an open mind. If you don't, you're going to dismiss it as simply corny or like cheesy. And it it certainly is both of those things. But if you just reduce it to those two things, you're going to be doing yourself a really big disservice. You have to be ready because Jonathan Richmond is going to immediately take you into his world. And honestly, I think his world is like way cooler. <laughs> so this record starts with an introduction of who he is when he's from, the type of rock and roll that he loves. I'm serious, like 30 seconds into this song, he's name dropping the songs Louie Louie and Little Latin Lupe Lou. (laughs) The first song that I need you to listen to is the the second track on this record. It's called Tandem Jump. Now, there's no other way to say it. Um, (laughs) This is my mental breakdown song, okay? It's got comic relief. It's essentially Jonathan Richmond talking some tandem jumpers through a stressful situation. And when my life becomes stressful, I become one of those tandem jumpers. After he's done talking to them, it just goes into this incredible, like, groove. And it just reminds me that you just got to groove through life one crisis at a time. Like, it's okay to be scared. You just got to groove through it, you know? Um, The second song that I really think you should listen to is what I consider to be the essential road trip tune of all time. My poor best friend has listened to this song so many more times than she wants to, but it's an incredible tune called I Was Dancing in the Lesbian Bar. It's got a real sleek execution, but it's also done in that very lazy, typical, too cool to try too hard garage rock fashion. Um, I think it's a song that really proves that cool isn't about this like fake persona. It's not about this larger than life sound. It's not about grandeur in general. Um, The song is like the perfect example that simplicity is the most effective. And like, I'm going to be real with you. This is a simplistic record, but it is a satisfying record. And I think he just proves that over and over. Okay, third song I really, really want you to listen to is called That Summer Feeling. This is a nostalgic tune. So when you're thoroughly over just all the mundane BS of being an adult, this is the song that you're really going to want. So remember that during our upcoming tax season because it's really going to hit you then. I think that if there is like a theme to this record and just Jonathan Richmond's discography, it's that stylistic but authentic simplicity works wonders. You know, he writes about these really simple things, like the simple pleasures in life. On this record, it's like his favorite band, The Velvet Underground. It's dancing in a lesbian bar. It's when it's twilight and you're in Boston. And for me... He just reminds me to really be satisfied with those things. And what I really love about him is that he has this sense of wonder, which I think is so cool in our particular hellscape of a world. So listening to Jonathan is always just going to be a great time for me. And it's always going to encourage me to be a little less cynical and dare I say a little less misanthropic. Throw this one on while you're doing some mundane activities, okay? Grocery shopping, cleaning the house, whatever it is you're doing. This record is going to make it fun. Um, And now we're going to drift off into dream pop slash indie pop. My third record is going to be 
Beach House's 2010 release, Teen Dream. So this is a record that I really spent some serious time with as a teenager. I probably found out about them when I was like 15 or 16, but I can honestly say that this is a band that I have not lost any enthusiasm for throughout the years. Beach House will never repackage the same thing and call it a new record, which I think is really important. A Beach House record for me has never been stale. So I recommend you check out anything from their discography. But Teen Dream in particular for me was like this perfect escape from life. Put this record on, stare out a window, disassociate for like 50 minutes. It's therapeutic. It's like soul healing as hell. Romanticize some stuff in your life simply because you deserve it. Um, I was listening to this record the most when I was in high school because that's really when I was starting to understand that I was like a severely introverted person and that I genuinely required a lot of alone time to simply function as a person. So obviously I, I don't have to explain to you how god awful high school is. You know, you're weird, you're awkward, but at the same time, Everything is very edgy, right? Like everything's very cool. You're perpetually hanging out with hooligans. And I just remember that by the end of the day, I wanted something not edgy, not cool. And that isn't to say that this record isn't cool. It's just more so beautiful. So Beach House is a duo. Victoria Legrand is on vocals um, and her vocals are just incredible. And they mesh really perfectly with this like droning keyboard that also still at the same time sounds very delicate. And then Alex Scally, I think his guitar playing is like the root of the band's aesthetic. So this is a pensive album. It's dramatic. It's got like movement to it. It's but at the same time it's it's very hazy. It's very, you know, kind of whispery and slow. I know this is a record that I will not be able to fully articulate how much I love it, but I can tell you the standout tracks. Um Walk in the Park, that intro always just stops me in my tracks, no matter what I'm doing. Used to be, um, my favorite version of that song is on this record, but they have a really cool 2008 singles version, which you can find on their B-Sides and Rarities album. Also a very cool listen, a little heavier on the guitar though. And then my third one for this is the song Take Care. It's a song that I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but... I feel like I can feel this song kind of washing over t- over me every time I listen to it. It's it's just incredible. I can't explain it. Um, also, side note, when I purchased this record, I remember I was like 17. I was walking out of independent records when very unprompted, some dude stopped me and almost like grabbed this stack of records I had just bought out of my hand. And he was like flipping through them, passing judgment, whatever. But when he got to this teen dream record... He, I'll never forget it. He looked at me, sighed, and said, oh, that's teenage girl music. No, dude, you just can't enjoy nice things. But also, so what if it is a teenage girl album, right? Like, that is a demographic that cares. They show up at concerts. They are wearing the shirts. Like, they do more to promote their favorite record than any label ever could. I really recommend you listen to Be- to Teen Dream by Beach House. Okay, um... <laughs> Record number four for me is Midnight Cleaners from the Cleaners from Vetus. Released in 1982, I think this is the essential 80s lo-fi pop. Okay, it's very do-it-yourself. No joke. It was recorded in a bedroom on a four-track. It's got like a hint of new wave, but definitely some post-punk to it. 
In the liner notes for this record, which, by the way, if I may just express my real love for liner notes, I want to know everything about a record. I like having a history with my music. I want to know what the artist thought. I want to know who I should be crediting with cool elements in a song. I just, ah, I love liner notes. But in the liner notes for this record, it says that this record is, quote, anti-fashion, but pro-pop. This isn't important. Um, but it does kind of just give you a general vibe of this record. The liner notes also say, quote, no rights reserved. If you have money, buy it. If you don't, copy it and write to us. Uh (laughs) Okay, so Martin Newell is the front man of the Cleaners from Venus, and really it was kind of his solo project. Um, So he split this record into two sides, the pop side and the art side. I really love the pop side, simply because of how imperfect it is. How am I saying this? It's like ideal for a good old-fashioned sulk. You know what I mean? Like, if you are, if you want to feel like a misunderstood protagonist of an 80s movie, this is the record for you, okay? My favorite tracks on this one are Only a Shadow, Corridor of Dreams, and Women Ho Bells. This record... There's nothing like it. It is chock full of just delightfully witty humor. There is some rather cryptic spoken word at points. Um, There's a saxophonist who really went above and beyond, in my opinion. Give them a raise, whoever they were. Incredible. But then there's also these really kind of distanced, kind of spooky, angry vocals. It's a genuinely unique artistic endeavor and it's something that I never would have known I wanted if I hadn't happened to just stumble upon it. It's a little eclectic for sure but at the same time it doesn't feel inaccessible. It doesn't feel like you really have to want it to get into it. It's pretty easy to get into this record. So ultimately the Cleaners from Venus project was not appreciated nor cherished as it should have been in its own time and that's partially because it was like self-produced, it was self-distributed, Martin Newell had a real beef with the music industry. Um, In fact, the only reason I own this record is because he let Captured Tracks press it on vinyl. And I owe them my life. I listened to this record a shocking amount. I can't really fully articulate why, but this is a record where as soon as it's over, I just have this immediate urge to start it all over again. You know, like it's, it's got turmoil, both political and internal. It's got like small town life. So if you're down for that, plus a whole lot of attitude and some eccentricities, this is the record for you. All right. Album number five for me is a compilation record. And why don't you just cool your jets? It's okay. Take a deep breath. It's called Ethiopics, Volume 21, and it's by Emahoy Sieg Mariam Gaburu, released in 2006. Now, for context, Emahoy was an Ethiopian nun. She died in 2020, unfortunately, but she created some of the most magical music I think I've ever heard in my life. It's piano playing like I have never heard before. It's it's almost like classical music played in a very jazzy fashion. Or, heck, it might even be the inverse. It might be jazz music played in a very classical way. It's got blues to it. Like, it's a really mind-boggling experience. Her music just feels so lived in. It feels very experienced. There is like a wisdom to her music. You know, like it's got conflict and it's got nuance. 
it definitely feels melancholic to me, but at the same time, it's very reassuring. It's restless, but it's like not chaotic, you know? Listening to it really does just feel like you're listening to her life story. I was listening to her daily in 2020. So if you're currently experiencing a life crisis, I highly recommend it. I don't want to be dramatic, um, but this is like some life affirming music. You know, it moves things around in my brain in a way that I I just can't understand. But then other times it has the exact opposite ability. It just makes my brain shut the hell up. No thoughts. You know, it's just very tranquil. It's it's comparable to like a restart button. Her music is is so encouraging. Um, and really, like, Emma Hoy is just going to meet you where you're at, but she is going to take you where you need to go. Um, Emma Hoy's music does not demand to be over-intellectualized. Like, you don't have to identify every feeling that you get. This, to me, is music that really does just need to be experienced. It's a really rewarding listen, and I highly recommend Ethiopics, Volume 21 by Emma Hoy Sieg Mariam Gaburu. Also, I understand that that is like just going to be a nightmare to try to search. So you can find my email on x1039radio.com. I'll send you a link, okay? Okay, I have been talking for so gosh darn long. We are going to really speed through my honorable mentions. First one, Smile Sessions by the Beach Boys. This didn't make it onto my list um, because this is not the version of Smile that Brian Wilson wanted us to have. The real one came out um, in 2004 as a solo record for him. The one I'm about to talk to was scrapped in the 60s, and this compilation record was released by Capitol Records. The reason I love this record is because it's it's the closest I'll ever be to getting to be a fly on the wall in like a Beach Boys recording session. It's genuinely incredible, and this record will leave you with absolutely no doubt that Brian Wilson is a genius. You can hear him like talking and working with the musicians. You can hear him changing things around. He corrects the Beach Boys on their harmony parts, okay? Do you understand how satisfying it is when that is directed at Mike Love? I'm sorry, but I am a number one Mike Love hater. Honestly, you'll enjoy this record if you want to listen to a record being created right in front of you. All right, record number two. Hey, look at that. More garage rock. It's kind of kinks by the kinks. Um, nothing cooler than the kinks, and I'll personally fight anyone who suggests otherwise. Hey, another one, Psychotic Reaction by Count Five. Y'all, this record is insane. It is one of the best things I've ever heard. It is rocking. They released precisely one record, and then they dipped. And the reason they stopped making music, they dropped out of the band despite getting some moderate success with the title track... Is because they wanted to go to college. Ah. All right, next one is Fire of Love by The Gun Club. This is a very cool blues punk record. You'll love it if you're ready for something like a little heavier than the White Stripes or the Black Keys. And last one is Titanic Rising by Wise Blood. This is the ultimate Sunday Scaries record. It's very ethereal. It's very haunting. I knew I wouldn't be able to talk about this one just like off the dome. So I did write a sentence that I think accurately surmises it. Um, And I said, you start this record because you're staring despairingly into the void. But by the end, it leaves you with a brief sensation that the void is maybe staring kindly right back at you. Boom. Killed it. That is spot on. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to my episode. I know I talked a lot. I apologize. If you have not yet listened to Carly's episode or Aubrey's episode, I'm going to go ahead and need you to reevaluate some life decisions. Okay. You really got to get on that. Also, if I may just get up on my little platform, um, please support our local record stores. Okay. We have got some really cool ones in Colorado Springs. Like I just, it would be so sad if any of them went away. So please really think about who you're giving your money to for your records. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, Smash that like button, subscribe, share it, send it with a carrier pigeon to your best friend who lives out of state. I don't know, dude. Do all the things. Thanks for listening. Bye.